this podcast. Our greatest, Our greatest responsibility, responsibility is, is to serve, serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso, Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about trouble and trying to be responsible. One-sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish the same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 Bobby's back. Jordan, I'm back. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, good. It's good to be home. Yeah. How, how was your vacation? Uh, it, it was good. It went well. For those that are not aware, this was a forced vacation. His wife had him committed to Happy Acres for a couple of weeks just <laughs> to get his head right. I went to it a re-education camp. A re-education camp. And I want you all to know that you need to get vaccinated. You need to get vaccinated right now and you need to put your mask on. And double mask? you need to listen to CNN every day because Chris Cuomo is very smart. Okay. I'm glad we got all that straightened out. <laughs> now let's have a discussion. Today I want to talk about conspiracy theory. They're very dangerous <laughs> to our democracy. Okay, good. <laughs> no, I had a good time. You know, I, I traveled through, I was about as unplugged as you can get nowadays. Yeah. And I traveled through some of the most rural Western communities in the United States. And no one, <laughs> no one out there cares one whit about, about what's going on. Huh? No, they're just living their lives. In fact, I spoke to some cafe owners yeah. in these little towns. And um, I said, I said last year, you know, meaning 2020, did you, did you thrive? Did you struggle? And one lady said, we hung by a thread mm. and not because of demand. Because people were out there. This was a little fly fishing community, little uh, bump on the road that you'd sneeze and you miss it mm -hmm. in Montana. And they had demand. People were out there, you know, last summer traveling through and fishing and things. Right. They were not allowed to meet the demand because of the restrictions. Oh, really? You so know, they, they had, had to, like... to, they could only have so many tables open. And oh, okay. They could only have so many people working. So they'd have to have people, they'd have to turn people away because right. they couldn't make their capacity. Right. And, and you know, a restaurant makes its money off of capacity. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> you got to run, uh, you, you make, 
you make your profits on volume in that industry. You're not making your money on the next, you know, selling somebody a, a really high margin steak. Right. <laughs> you got to you got a rational margin and sell a lot of right. them. Right. But they were doing well this year and so she was she was happy that they survived and they were now thriving again and mm-hmm. I talked to some others that um had to shut down even this year even while we were there we ran into one um who was just locking up cuz she had to go to a catering event yeah but there was no one left to keep the fires burning you know so to speak in the cafe because she couldn't hire anybody there was there was this labor shortage that you've heard about in the right, news the government's paying these people to stay and home it's really affecting these these little communities where you don't have you don't have ten thousand high school graduates looking for work like you mm-hmm. do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have zero because you don't have a high school, and you're in a rural community an hour from the nearest high school. And so they they were struggling to they were struggling to find people to work. I, I we found people that were from back east who had taken a job out there uh and just arrived the day before i was there and she was you know waiting tables and said i they said i could work with horses and i've always wanted to do that so here i am and Hmm. so interesting stories out there in kind of the real world what were some of the states you visited uh montana idaho wyoming oh okay so up north a little bit Mm -hmm. so it should have been pretty free as far as regulation yeah you know i had I had completely forgotten. Now, I was traveling by bicycle. I think it's worth mentioning. So I was covering some rural roads and back roads and um, and kind of completely forgot about masks and all that stuff going on until I got to Helena, Montana. Right. And then there's in Helena is, is a small town by most standards, but it's a bigger Montana town. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's billboards to get you know encouraging people to get vaccinated and there were still mask signs on on the gas stations and stuff Mm -hmm. but nobody was wearing them right so montana is still a pretty free yeah free state other than the the small blue enclaves that exist in the university towns like helena or missoula missoula but um i think we were up there a couple of months ago and was similar right it's like a few people seemed concerned, but they were transplants from the coast. Right. And then everybody else is like. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> this and, isn't a thing. And it was interesting. I, I kind of, you know, I got home and I, I hesitated whether to even get back on to Twitter, but ah. I, I did. Oh, you did. Okay. And it was as if I had never left. It just picked right up. <laughs> it's the same garbage, you know, and I'm reading about new lockdowns and, Australia or New Zealand and and it's like this this it seems so it seems even more absurd right having been completely removed from all that stuff for a while mm-hmm. and, and we know it's absurd we've talked a lot about it but it's good to be home and maybe I'm going to move to Montana I don't know it's nice up there I don't know Utah yeah I don't think we did uh, I don't think me and my co-host made a good enough effort to harpoon Spencer Cox while you were gone. So, but I'll take this opportunity to say, look, man, 
Utah's doing has done some stupid stuff this last couple of years, and it's made me think about, hey, maybe Idaho, Wyoming, Montana is a better place to be, but just yeah. based on the trend, because it seems like what I call it is the Californification of Utah, and I've been thinking about it for about ten or fifteen years as I've seen us do certain things, like the freeways have started to look more like California. They just, everything gets bigger and bigger, more and more people. Yeah. And it's like, we have to copy them. I think I've said this on the podcast before that if I were to make up a motto for Utah, you know, the state motto, we would be the me too state because it's us too. We want the Olympics too. us too. We want the carpet bagging, corrupt rhino Republicans too. us too. We want uh, coronavirus restrictions too. us too make us into a socialist haven. We want our governor to go be the, the communist ambassador to communist China. Right. Us too. Yeah. Make us part of the new world order secret combination. Please, 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 please. I think that's, where's the secret ritual we participate in? That's we really love secret rituals. accurate. And I think it comes from, at least partly comes from, so we're, we're Mormons. We've mentioned that many times. Mormons have this... I'm a Mormon. That's no longer uh, in vogue in the Mormon church, by the way, which is not called the Mormon church anymore. It's right. Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, dot we're, org. We're LDS. <clears throat> no, you can't say that. Well, I, I like brevity, and I still refuse to type in churchofjesuschrist.org. I type in LDS.org because yeah, it's, it's three it, letters. It redirects, by the way. little it secret. Does. It does. <laughs> no, but no, I, I love the I'm a Mormon. I'm sorry. I'm I'm. A, well, that was a popular ad ad campaign, PR campaign yeah, a couple of years for ago. for several years, where they got prominent Mormons to declare I'm a Mormon, and now those have been erased. Uh, I'm I'm I like to say that now. No, I'm a Mormon. Right. <laughs> well, and one of, but I think Mormons have we have especially maybe here in the United States or even in in particular in Utah we have an innate. Um complex a, a desire to be accepted a desire to be uh and so we love when, more than normal because we got chased out of like missouri then we right. got chased out of illinois i mean in missouri it was there was a literal law passed called the extermination order uh signed by governor boggs that you could shoot mormons you, just, right. you were supposed to kill the mormons this was and, and it wasn't just that the Missourians were were being terrible. It was that the Mormons and the Missourians were being terrible. It was a You've bad got, situation. If you're if you're Mormon and you don't realize <laughs> that part, we're partly to blame for the persecution. You need to go read Sidney Rigdon's salt sermon, <clears throat> where we're going to trod them underfoot like salt, right? You know, because it, it was like a war. They called well, it the Mormon War. And so we we love when you know somebody prominent or important is LDS. We love to find that out because like it. The, it like the prime minister of, say, a small island country called well, New she, Zealand. She's a uh, LDS. Yeah, yeah. But her uncle, uh, I believe, is a is a general authority, you know, an area seventy or something like that. But she's been in the news lately. Our our friend Yacinda Ardern, and is basically, I think, New Zealand is lost forever without uh, an uprising and of course they can't have an uprising because they all gave their guns away after the Christchurch shooting a few years ago did but they, did they or did like half of them well i think enough that's of them that's the problem but when you have to go underground I've, i i uh i know, you know a cop who says if it's time to bury him maybe it's time to use him right <laughs> 
New Zealand, uh, I've been there a couple times and uh, it's beautiful. It's a really neat area. It's a really neat country, but they love their bureaucracy there. Australia is the same way. And, and, and if any of you are, you know, from New Zealand or Australia and you take issue, that's fine. Please leave a comment at mindvirus.show. But for the most part, I observed that it's just, this is, I think, true in the UK, but the bureaucracy was, there was pride. There were, they take pride in this bureaucracy and in this, in this government that takes care of the people. And now you see the government is taking care of the people. Air quotes, taking right. care of the people. And so, she, yeah, she's been in the news a little bit lately. Um, she formerly LDS or I think was she's, it just family? I think she's former LDS. So she resigned. I don't. I don't know the full. I don't know if she just if stopped she did it, resign, attending, or if she officially uh, resigned, like withdrew her name from the records. Yeah, I don't okay. know. It's interesting because the church seems to be pretty excited about her. Well, they were. There was. You know, I, I actually looked that up this morning. I wanted to get a refresher on that. Of what mm. the current president of the LDS Church visited there in 2019, and they gave a lot of money to the mosque that was shot up. And then they said that she was uh, uh, very impressive and the, the world was going to discover a real leader here. That's a quote, that mm. a real leader here. And uh, we have mm. discovered a real leader here, a real tyrant, mm. a, real, a real fascist, communist, Marxist, whatever word you want to insert. But well, I'd say manager, a real manager. She's, I would say she's evil, though. I think okay. that she she's going very far with this stuff, you know. Like, is it her or is she like the mouthpiece of an agenda? Well, probably both, but she seems to take because I mean, pleasure what kind of power? It. Oh, okay. So that's that's the type of manager that this oligarchy loves is a sickly right. sweet. I saw a term uh, recently that that New Zealand is quickly becoming a Chinese communist client. Mm like a client state. And I think that's accurate. And we've talked about Australia and New, Ze New Zealand before and how they're sort of the bellwethers. And I think that they're, I think that's the way that the West is going if we don't change things. And, and what, what is that way? Well, it's complete top-down control over everything. I mean, they can't, they can't leave their homes without permission. Hmm. Sydney, Australia, which is a very nice city, is currently in another lockdown because someone sneezed in public or something. So yeah, I uh, wasn't. What was the deal with New Zealand? They were a hundred days free from any coronavirus cases, and then somebody thought they might be sick. Yeah, I thought there were some positive tests, or and these tests are such a joke. There's such a joke that the FDA came out and banned certain PCR tests, which got buried. Oh, yeah. Now's a good time to maybe take inventory of some of the empirical data that has come to light post-Donald Trump presidency. And, you know, it's not really post-Donald Trump. It's post the seasonal flu time, this, the flu season. Because remember, they'll say like, what, 600,000 people have died due to coronavirus? And that number's already been over, revised. That's over two. Yeah, it's been revised downward. downward. And that's over two flu seasons. Okay, so that's two flu seasons. And 96% of those people had, on average, 2.6 comorbidities. So what we saw was uh, mass hysteria over two separate flu seasons because we didn't, 
remember, we didn't have the PCR tests going until about March. Right. And then they started to really ramp them up. So you saw a little bit of spike there. But, you know, we don't know how many people could have died had they been sufficiently induced by fear by the media earlier. We don't we don't know what some of the stats were. We weren't locking people in nursing homes in New Jersey and in New York. New York, by the way, still stands at about 45% of all deaths occurred in nursing homes across the United States. And most of those, of course, occurred back east in those uh, draconian states. We have uh, empirical data coming out of the CDC quietly over the last six months or, or the last year that, number one, fomite spread, so surface spread, is a one in 10,000 chance. You have a one in 10, this is CDC data. This is not like, right. this is not like uh, unofficial uh, websites that, they, that they've been trying to dismiss, right? This is on their own, this is their own data that fomite spread, the idea that you're gonna get it from a surface is only a one in 10,000 chance. So all that spraying, all those wiping down of carts, all of that theater, didn't matter. And then the mask, we've got the mask study by the Danes, which was the only, uh, was it a double blind, uh, ra uh, randomized uh, scientific yeah. study? I think the only what, RC 6,000 people or something. The only the, real the only study RCT done. ever really conducted in public for yeah. with masks. Yeah. So that one comes out and says that masks have absolutely no effect. And then you also have CDC studies. So this is CDC centers for disease control, United States of America, Hoorah, you know, United States here. They uh, released data on asymptomatic spread. So you had a 15% chance of catching it in your household if someone actually had coronavirus, if they were symptomatic. Right. So we're talking about people in the same household. And if they're not symptomatic in your household, the, the chances are like less than... 0.1% or right. something. They're, they're really low, less than 1%, less than 0.1%. So remember, the whole thing was predicated on the fact that it was dangerous, which it wasn't, that we could spread it asymptomatically, which we can't, and you could catch it off of services, which you can't. Right. Everything that they did was wrong. Right. And they are the ones that killed all these people. They locked right. them in nursing homes. They scared the hell out of everybody. Well, well, they, you, if you don't think that the fear factor matters to an aging population, like your chance, your chance of dying and getting tagged with coronavirus, I think, I think if you're 18 to 24, there have been 600 people that died that they were able to attribute to coronavirus because they were able to get a positive PCR test, which doesn't mean they died of coronavirus. It right. just means there was, was some sort <clears throat> of, a, of a testable coronavirus in their system at the time that they died. So... That's in a nation of 350 million people. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm really like getting energized and I'm, I'm going <laughs> well, off it was, Interject, please. <clears throat> it, was a, it was a nice contrast to kind of get out of all that and to, and, and to talk with people in these communities where they didn't, they weren't, it wasn't on their mind. They didn't, they didn't care about it. They were moving on with their lives and they were happy to see travelers coming through their communities because travelers whether on bicycle or in a truck or whatever are their lifeblood you know these these cafes and little hostels and and lodges <clears throat> and fishing outfitters and hunting outfitters rely on people to come visit them and spend their money and when 
people get locked in their homes and locked down and told what is and what isn't essential, people don't think a lot about the little guys, the little businesses. You know, we've 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 talked about that. And luckily, some a lot of them survived. Some of them didn't. Some of them were, were shut down and never really recovered. And I'm sure that all across the country, there's there's millions of of stories that have come out of that. But it was it's kind of a culture shock coming back. Even though I was only gone for a couple of weeks, it feels like I was gone for a lot longer because again, I'm unplugged for the most part. And did you get a chance to listen to any of our? Um... Yeah, I did. Second rate podcasting. I, I think everybody did going. great. I, I thank you guys that, that filled in. I think that was awesome to have some different perspectives and we should do that more often. Any we should have comments, rebuttals. Uh... No, I, I mean, I, I loved the music discussion. Um, I think stuff like that's really compelling. And there that was, was a... uh, that was the guy in the truck, right? Yeah. Uh, he, he's a, well, he drives, uh, he uh, does a lot of traveling for his Right. Job. Yeah. And, and so. that was interesting. I liked the, the three, the three way conversation on nine 11 and what makes a good society, always good topics. And did you see there was a Florida, um, condo that collapsed? Yeah, I did see that. So Whitaker made some comments on the website. If you're interested, I'll have to go look. And I did, I rebutted them appropriately. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm curious, Whitaker, if you, if you didn't see the comments, was it a steel framed structure? It looked to me like it was concrete reinforced by rebar. Yeah, Where are you, Whitaker? That's the pic. The pictures the I saw, and I haven't looked too deeply into that. All I saw was that people were using it as an opportunity to criticize Ron DeSantis, which I found obscene that they would try to score political points. But that's our obscene that's where we live now. news media, and yeah, that's the world as it is. No, but it's not though. It's the it's the world that. Is okay, presented that's the media to world. us, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. See, yeah. I, I for years the media has been telling us that America is so divided. We're more divided than ever. I disagree with that. I don't think America is is divided. I think that there are a lot of people with a lot of different opinions on a lot of different issues. But when push comes to shove, and maybe we are getting to that point. You know, that's just a phrase, but maybe we are getting to that point in certain circles particularly the big cities. But when, when you really discover that um, Americans are taking care of each other, again, this, this trip I was on is a good example. Uh, the people in those communities, I don't know what their political beliefs were, and no one cared. They came in and they, they took care of us, and, and they were taking care of liberals and conservatives and libertarians and anarchists and whoever else. And those kind of conversations never came up. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't politics. Rural communities have their own politics. And sometimes they can get heated, especially when you're talking about water rights. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always joke that the Civil War in America is not going to come from uh, political differences in, in Washington, D.C., but it's, it's going to be fought over water rights in the American West. But, mm-hmm. but um Americans, I don't think, are divided like the news wants us to believe. That's to, that's to their advantage, to divide us, to make us think that anybody different is not only worthy of scorn, but also an incredible 
incredibly dangerous to our democracy. Well, fortunately, the coronavirus episode showed that certain states at least still had a backbone and that they were willing to govern differently right. than the national press wanted them to. Let me pause for a second. Your levels are kind of low. Maybe bring that. Maybe was I not close enough to the mic? Yeah, this mic you got to get kind of close to. But um, how am I doing now? That's a bit better. Let me just turn you up a little too. Okay. Is that okay? Can I be right here? Yeah. Okay. But again, like we're told that we're told that we're supposed to despise people on the other side of whatever the side is. Whatever the thing is, if it's race, if it's politics, if it's religion, if it's uh, income, and all of those are lies. It's all lies. And I don't think that normal, regular Americans are are buying into those lies. If they were, if we were, we would already be shooting each other indiscriminately. We would already have extermination orders. The thing that's bugging me is that it appears that we have a whole class of statists that is out there. Because, I mean, you can talk about race, religion, you can talk about all, the, all this stuff, but when, when one of the sides wants to use the, the power of government, the legal monopoly that they have on force, to coerce the other side into their opinion by stealing their money, stealing their property, and taking their rights, and this is where the line in the sand is drawn with the Second Amendment, that's that's when we've crossed the line, and I feel like we're right on the verge of that with the coronavirus stuff. You had a whole bunch of people cheerleading the right. the shutdowns, so you you didn't see that. You're out in rural communities, but I mean, I've experienced. I won't get into who and what, but oh, I, I've seen it. I, I mean, I've know, seen it in family members who are very pro lockdown. I've seen it. You, you, yeah, it's there's definitely a and 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 that's maybe the actual divide that exists. It isn't between black and white or rich and poor. It's between status and and non-status. That's the thing. If we could leave each other alone, that'd be fine. But the minute that you try to take everybody's money... Well, status can never leave anybody alone. That's the problem. Right. That's the problem. But I think that the status are far, far outnumbered by the freedom lovers. And the problem, of course, is that they control the corporate media. Right. They, they, They are able to pull a certain narrative over the eyes of the country. And I think that's what's going on right now. I think that's what you're saying is they're trying to get us to fight, but the f- but they're having a hard time getting everybody to fight. Right. Because and I, regular people don't act well, like And that. I think regular people are turning off cable news and media and the, and the mainstream news. Haven't, haven't they experienced a massive reduction in ratings since Trump left office? Yeah, at least CNN, I know, their ratings have tanked. I mean, Trump was the best thing that ever happened to CNN because the people who watch CNN wanted to tune in to, you know, get some red meat about how bad Donald Trump is. Now they have to try to prop up Joe Biden and it's not working. Literally. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. I saw. Did you ever see Weekend at Bernie's? Yes. Okay, I never saw that. I saw some clips of of Biden recently. One where he starts whispering. Did you see that have one? Have you seen the trailer to Weekend at Bernie's? Have you seen the movie? I mean, I've seen the movie. Pretty, no, but I'm just saying, isn't that the movie? They're hauling a dead guy around. Yeah. And, what, Bernie dies while they're at his beach house or something, and they got to make him. They got to show alive. that he's alive so they continue to, so they can, can continue to use his stuff. Continue right? to have a vacation. Yeah. yeah. So if you've seen the trailer, you've probably yeah. There's anyway, not. So it's Biden, not worth watching the whole okay. movie. 
I'll find a clip I think from Weekend they even, at Bernie's so I that think all they, y'all can say you've watched it. I think it. they made another one. I think there's a sequel. Is it Weekend at Hillary's? <laughs> but... You're talking about Joe Biden whispering. Yeah, I don't. Did you see that clip? Really no, weird. He starts no. whispering to the press like he's speaking to kids. Well, he's been yelling at the press. Yeah, he's he's lost his mind, and he also said something about the Second Amendment and how if you really want to take on the government, you're going to need nukes, F-15s. Yeah, and it's like, well, okay. And and he made the false argument that there was always been restrictions on the Second Amendment, even though the Second Amendment says shall not be infringed. And, right. and there have pri- only been restrictions on the Second Amendment in the last hundred years. Pe- private citizens were always were always allowed to own state-of-the-art yeah. weapons. Just a real quick history. Remember, America was free up until the Civil War, okay? And it's not technically a civil war. It was a, the war between the states. That's the accurate name for the war because the Civil War is a war inside of a state. And the prior to the Civil War the states considered themselves free and independent states. Go read the Declaration of Independence. They say they are and of a right ought to be free and independent states. And at the time, the definition of a state was a nation state. So the greatest lie told in American history was in the, de- in the uh, Gettysburg Address when Abraham Lincoln famously said that four score and seven years ago, our forefathers brought forth on this continent a new nation. That is not accurate. They brought forth 13 free and independent nations and they formed a confederacy. And that's what a federal government is, is a federation of states, meaning right. a group of free and independent states. And so the question, and this, this became the question, is how much power would the national, quote unquote, national or federal government have? National is the wrong word. Federal is the right word. And that's why we call it the federal government. And remember, First, they tried the Articles of Confederation. Then they used the Constitution. And the, comp- the, the in history, in, in civics, you'll hear people talk about the compact theory. It's not a theory. The Constitution constitutes the contract. A compact is a contract. I'm sorry, I'm saying a lot really quick here. But if you check, if you go read up on the keywords, <laughs> compact theory, nation states, states, national versus federal, all this, you're going to start to see what I'm talking about. And that is that there were three into 13 independent nations that formed a union. Now, how many states does it take to make a union? Two. Two. Okay, not 13. <laughs> Thank you. You're the, you're the teacher's pet here in this class. <laughs> That's right. It only takes two states to have a union. So when, when um, Lincoln went out to save the union, he really only needed one additional state other than in Illinois or whatever state he wanted to have be in the union. He didn't need all 13. He needed, he wanted, he wanted to save what we call manifest destiny, which was that there, there was an oligarchy that had formed that decided that it was their destiny to take over the entire continent and go from, from coast to coast, which is what happened. So you have, you have the situation in the 1850s where a a group of oligarchy wanted to consolidate power over the the nation states that made up the union of the United States, the United States of America. You see, right? That's literally the the name. Listen to the history here. The The point is the states united. And we, we think of the United States as if it is, was some sort of a nation and, and again, that idea was cemented by 
Abraham Lincoln in the Gettysburg Address when he said, they brought forth upon this continent a new nation. That is not accurate. In 1776, they gained independence from the, well, what was it 1787, 88? When I can't remember when the treaty was signed with with uh, I think England. 80, I don't remember. They had to fight the war. They had to fight right. the war that ensued. <laughs> now I'm exposing that I my my history is a little foggy here, but uh, Washington and the Continentals fight the war, and then they form the Articles of Confederation. It's not until 1787, a full 11 years after the Declaration, that the Constitution was signed, and. So then fast forward to, you know, four score and seven years later. 87 years. Huh? 87 years. Yeah. 87 years later after the declaration when, when uh, Lincoln is, is. A score is 20. Okay. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So Lincoln is, is uh, uttering the the famous words at Gettysburg, which was horrific, by the way. We've got, we can see that this ideology of nationalism or unionolatry is what a teacher of mine, Stephen Pratt, I linked to some of his, uh, some of his presentations on understanding American history in one of our past episodes. I'll have to make a note here to link again to his lessons on, uh, the Constitution. I think it's the Know Your Liberty series. Mm-hmm. Love Stephen Pratt. He's he's passed on a few years ago. Wonderful, amazing teacher. Just so so great at helping us get the record straight. Can you send the lessons? Um, can you send them to our governor? <laughs> Do you think he would read them? Well, they're they're videos. He might. Maybe he'd watch them if we broke them into like 30 second twi- TikTok clips. Well, if we fast forward to today. Well, let me, let me tell you about okay. the Civil War because, see, that's, that's, this the is war the big mind. The this is the more, uh, yeah, the war between the states. Thank you. <laughs> because we call it the Civil War, and that demonstrates that certain elements of our educational system have, have vanquished. Well, it wasn't even the North thought. versus the South, it was certain states versus other states. Yeah, it was the war between the states. And some call it the war of northern aggression down in the South. The right. point is the point is the states in the South wanted out of the Federation. So they left. And foreign armies went into their territory, conquered them by force of arms, and forced them to adopt a form of government contrary to what they wanted. Right. And they did that all under the guise of, now it's under the guise of having freed the slaves, mm-hmm. but it really didn't have a lot to do with slavery. That was one of the, 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 one of the propaganda issues they wanted to associate with it. And, and remember, the Emancipation Proclamation that Lincoln signed only freed the slaves in the South. He didn't free all slaves. Right. He, so there was, so you're saying a lot that of, even back then, all, the oligarchy was using black people to further their agenda. Oh, did am I, I say that? Am I allowed to say that? You know who did say that? I think you're right. <clears throat> Jason Whitlock said that recently with a letter he wrote. He's a, he's a reporter. Jason Whitlock has worked for, I think, the Wall Street Journal. He's worked for ESPN. Um, and he has a letter... He's a he's a black man and he has an open letter to black people which I read and he basically just says that you we black people are being used. Yeah. And it's a good letter and I'm it's sure true. that he will be thoroughly uh canceled for writing it but right. it's published well, see, at Blaze Media and Blaze Media we'll is not fi- going to cancel we'll that. We'll post but, it. Well, the point is the point is 
I mean, England was able to abolish slavery without a civil war. If the North was so righteous, they could have just abolished slavery and let the South go and fester with slaves until they finally got, you know, morality and, and abolished slavery. Mm-hmm. That it, it was dying out. Um, technology was going to, you know, we, hindsight's twenty twenty. So right. you got to give a lot of credit to all the abolitionists who wanted to abolish slavery. They, they're fighting for it. That's fine. They could still fight for it, but they didn't need to, by force of arms, subjugate an entire group of nations, states, and bring them into their form of government. That's called an empire. That's well, when the American and- empire started. So my point was we were free up until the Civil War. And then even after the Civil War, we really were free... America was very free up until the early 20th century when the oligarchy took over the money right. supply. We've talked and about that. And that. that was the beginning of the end. That was the nail in the coffin where the, where the deal was totally sealed for America. Everything else that has happened since 1913 has only been a symptom of that event. Right. Okay, we, we have not been free since the enactment of the Federal Reserve. That's it, period, end of story. That was the end of America right there. The rest is just the, the, the weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth that goes along with having an oligarchy having sealed the deal so completely in the early 1900s. So that was, this, that was my, I know it was a little bit longer than everyone wanted, but that's my history lesson. Okay, well, okay. I, I need to take some issues because okay. according to my re-education camp, what you are saying is a very dangerous conspiracy theory and presents a grave threat to our democracy. Oh, Bobby, it's not a theory. It's a fact. But go ahead. Continue. My programming tells (laughs) me that I'm supposed to say that this is a this presents a grave danger to our democracy. Okay, but what what did they tell you to say when someone says it's not a theory, it's a fact? It just because you think it's a fact doesn't think mean it's a fact. Generally when I think something's a fact, it's a fact. No. (laughs) Well, Chris Cuomo told me that in that case, you challenge the person to push-ups. Really? So uh, I had a, uh, an acquaintance one time. I was trying to explain to them a uh, a dangerous conspiracy idea, which was that 9-11 was a controlled demolition. And mm-hmm. you know, I was trying to explain that this is, this is maybe 15 years ago or 10 years ago when I was starting to realize what had happened to the world and trying to warn them that, hey, things are not the way we seem. They're not the way they seem. They're not the way we're seeing them. We've been brought up with a certain expectation and it was wrong. And I was explaining to this person who was fairly close to me and they said, oh, um, there's a Penn and Teller episode about conspiracy theory and they recommended that I watch it. And in there, Penn... Is Penn the one that talks or Teller? I'm pretty sure it's Penn. Penn's the big guy. Yeah. He says, if anyone ever tells you 9-11 was an inside job, push them down the stairs. <laughs> okay. That was their logical response to the fact that the towers may have been destroyed by nefari- for, for other reasons, other nefarious reasons than what the, the media right. wanted us to believe. And they, of course found some guy who likes to cluck like a chicken and drive in a rocket car who thinks that the moon landings were fake. So they... Well, that's always the case. And that, that gets us into kind of what we Today's wanted to topic. focus on today. And Conspiracy fact. According and to Mr. Taft Benson, we have Mormon, 
There was no conspiracy theory in the Book of Mormon. It was a conspiracy fact. Right. See, have you never heard that general conference quote, people? The uh, find it while you still can. Um, there is. This isn't new, but I think it's it's amplified recently that there's this idea that this generic term conspiracy theory is being used to dismiss anything that isn't going along with the mainstream narrative. And, you know, Joe Biden, who if you didn't if you didn't don't remember is the president of the United States. It's easy to forget that sometimes. But he has a national a national strategy for countering domestic terrorism. It's this report, this document. And in that he says that enhancing faith in American democracy requires finding ways to counter the influence and impact of dangerous conspiracy theories. Okay, well let's let's break that down. First of all, who says that we need to enhance faith in American democracy? Why is that the end game? What does that even mean? What is what is the American democracy? You ask 10 people, you're going to get 10 different answers. I don't know, but I wasn't listening. That's okay. You're, you're fiddling with something. The greatest threat as the great conspiracy. There is no conspiracy theory in the Book of Mormon. It is a conspiracy fact. And along this line, I would highly recommend to you a new book entitled None Dare Call It Conspiracy by Gary Allen. Then Moroni... Okay, that's Ezra Taft Benson. President of the of the LDS Church in a general conference. In general conference, recommending somebody read Gary Allen's book "None Dare Call It Conspiracy." Okay, so you're talking about Joe Biden, and I'm interjecting ETB here for all well, the, for all it, the Mormons. It's relevant, and, because, and you should. It, "None Dare Call It a Conspiracy" was written in what 1970ish, and it's still relevant. I, I read it recently, and it's still relevant. So go find that book and read it. You can usually find it cheap. If not for free, <laughs> it's it's available on Kindle. Uh, let's see, Kindle for zero dollars on Kindle Unlimited, <laughs> so that's cheap. Seven ninety five to buy it on Kindle. Fourteen bucks, fifteen bucks paperback, and uh, let's see, you can buy it used. Come on, Amazon other sellers and other formats they'll sell it to you oh the paperback there's some versions of the paperback they want like nine hundred dollars for yeah i've seen that about 10, you can get it under books. 10 bucks used anyway i derailed your thoughts on joe Biden. well <clears throat> no i'm just introducing this idea that so he says, enhancing faith in American democracy requires finding ways to counter the influence and impact of dangerous conspiracy theories. Right. So here, let me just cut to the chase, because we'll, we'll keep talking about this. But the January 6th protest at the Capitol, which insurrection. they're an insurrection against our democracy. It was a violent insurrection where they, didn't you see where they hung AOC by her ankles from the, from the rotunda? You didn't see that? Kind of like in True Lies when um, Arnold Schwarzenegger holds the guy over the edge and he's going to drop him and he pees his pants. Yeah, they did that. The guy that's pretending he's a spy. You ever seen True Lies? That's a great show. Is that that's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis? I don't. Did I see that? It's hilarious because she's 
she's married to a spy, but doesn't know it. And so she thinks her life doesn't have enough excitement, excitement. and she ends up falling kind of by it's not she doesn't fall for this guy but this guy kind of entraps her in this fake spy thing because he's just trying to get her into bed and she thinks she's doing the right thing and she's a little bit you know she's the the bored housewife and so mm -hmm. she's, she's adding some excitement she's she, she wasn't like really romantically involved but just through circumstance right she's faithful to her husband is what i'm saying sure because of course her husband is arnold schwarzenegger right okay He's he's a good-looking Austrian uh, insurance. What is it? What is his job? I can't remember his job. It's something boring. Telecommunications. Anyway, you got me sidetracked. Well, the insurrection they did that. They did to that to AOC. AOC. You don't remember that? AOC stands for Alexandria Ocasio Adatio. Cortez. Something. Yeah. Everybody okay. knows who yeah. she is. She's the right-wing plant. She's the, the, the right-wing operative to make the left look as bonkers crazy as possible, <laughs> right? That's her. Well, she was a bartender, and then she was uh, <clears throat> recruited by uh, some operatives, yeah, state, she's, statist she's, operatives. She's People a, will call um, them leftist operatives, but she's, she's, she's a, essentially she's a an face. astroturf. Yeah, she, she's a face. She's an astroturf. Yeah, if you think candidate. she's coming up with all this stuff, she's, she's, a, she's a Twitter influencer or an Instagrammer. Right. But let's talk about this idea that the American democracy, whatever that might mean, is, uh, is, is uh, under a grave and imminent threat from dangerous conspiracy theories. What, tell, me, tell me one single dangerous conspiracy theory. Can you name a dangerous conspiracy theory that legitimately threatens, quote, American democracy? And I don't know what American democracy means. When Joe Biden says it, I think it means something different than when Donald Trump says it or when, you know, whoever else says it. That, that's, a, that's a vague term that could mean anything. I think most people... Here's what Alexander Hamilton had to say about democracy. We are now forming a Republican form of government. Real liberty is not found in the extremes of democracy, but in moderate governments. If we incline too much to democracy, we shall soon... No, I don't want to join your email newsletter. But join, we, we, but join ours soon. at mindvirus.show. <laughs> yes, but join ours. It had a little pop-up there. Forgive us for our pop-up. If you want to join our newsletter, you and the other few people on there someday will do something nice for you. Um... If we incline too much to democracy, we shall soon shoot into a monarchy or some other form of dictatorship. I would call that an oligarchy. Hamilton, in the last letter he ever wrote, warned that, quote, our real disease, dot, 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 is democracy. Okay, Thomas Jefferson. A democracy is nothing more than mob rule, where 51% of the people may take away the rights of the other 49. Benjamin Franklin. Democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what to have for lunch. Liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. I don't know if that's really Franklin. Some of these, sometimes these quotes are not necessarily yeah, they, it, appropriately it's e attributed. It's easy to, um, but the there, idea this, is, this is the from, idea this is, is right. From Federalist, Federalist number 10. Um, well, Adams, I think this is accurate. Adams, remember democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. I think that's an accurate attribution to Adams. Madison, James Madison, Federalist number 10. 
Democracies have ever been spectacles of turbulence and contention, have been incompatible with personal security and the rights of property, and have in general been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their deaths. That's one of the best comments mm -hmm. on democracy. But see, I don't think that's what Biden and others are talking about. No, they're not they're not talking about they're, they're, when they say the American democracy. That's what they mean. I think they mean the they load that term with like it, American freedom, the American dream. Yeah, the, but okay, but the, the, our the, system of free votes, uh, you know, free voting, free elections. Yeah, that's exactly what a democracy <clears throat> is. the The great thing about the American Republic it, is was it ba it was based upon the ideals enumerated in the Declaration right. of Independence that we hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal and that they're endowed by their Creator with certain un alienable rights meaning right. non-infringible you can't take these rights away you cannot co-opt them unalienable rights it's a real estate term well, uh, when, maybe I'll post some material on the the origin of the word to alien or alien but, but when Biden says take the rights. enhancing faith in American democracy what he really means is enhancing faith in the American government see the the democracy in him in his administration well, that's a, that's a good thing we should explore. See, the idea that America is a democracy and not a republic took root in, again, the first half of the 20th century. Right after the oligarchy gained control of the money supply, they then quickly gained control of the educational establishment right. and began to teach people that we had a, a democracy, not a republic. And the great thing about a democracy is you can change it. You can change the laws. This is also where, when the idea of a, quote, living constitution came up, mm -hmm. and then they decided to call the constitution or the contract a compact theory. So it's a theory that it was a contract, and, and it's what in reality what it is is it's a living constitution instead of no right. pets. The, the, Stephen Pratt, again, uh, everybody, if you haven't watched Stephen Pratt's lectures, Please watch his lectures. They are incredibly important. The, the thing is, he goes through sort of a, a discussion of what's, what's a contract and why it's called a constitution, because the constitution constitutes the contract between the states. And he, and he, and he dissects the language and explains why this is all perfectly accurate and, how it's, and he shows you how it's been changed in history. And there, there are two interesting things I want to point out that he brings up. Number one, he has this great story about how he got a hold of uh, a prima, primary source document. It was the military uh, soldier's handbook from like the early 1900s. He had to have it flown into the BYU Special Collections Library. And uh, some lady watched him through the window and he had to wear the white gloves and so that he wouldn't steal or do anything to the book. You know, it was so that important. And, it, and he has this great quote about how America is not a democracy. It's a Republic. And all the soldiers were taught this, what they were fighting for. And then 20 years later, the handbook changes and says America is a democracy. Right. So he, he's got that great episode. And then he's got this other, um, this other demonstration he does where he says, okay, the constitution's a contract and he pulls out a rental contract and he's like, and so what does it mean when it says this? Like, for example, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, it's similar to when it says in your rental contract, no pets. What does no pets mean? It means no pets. Well, unless you have a pet. 
Unless you have a pet. <clears throat> See, that's what the that's what the living constitution people want you to think is right. that somehow no pets means you can have a pet or that you can have a pet under certain circumstances when if or you're you the can, landlord, no pets means no pets. It you means can have a hunting pet. Or you can have a it's not a pet, it's a, it's an emotional support ferret. <clears throat> right. Emotional support ferret. It's a well, it's a rabid so emotional support ferret. That's for one of our listeners out there. Let's get back to the to the to the I'm sorry, I'm full of tangents. No, today. it's good. That's our that's our MO, right? I'm feeling but, really energized because Bobby's can, back. Bobby's back. That might be the title of the <laughs> the podcast. Bobby's but, back. But the the idea though here is can no offense to you other co-hosts. Can an idea can a conspiracy theory, using their terms, threaten absolutely. American freedom? Absolutely it can, because the, the problem is the truth threatens falsehood. Okay. And a democracy is a democracy. The reason why the oligarchy wants a democracy is because people are easily mind-controlled via the mechanisms that they've set up to control us. Now, let we, me... We, you need to back that up with some proof. Like, I don't know, like a year of people like staying in their houses <laughs> okay. wearing masks or something. For no good reason. Something crazy for, would have something to happen. for like the common cold maybe caused them to go into their homes and a lot of people actually died because they were afraid of it. Like, people literally died. That's how powerful an idea is. Well, have you ever heard the phrase, scared to death? Right. That's real. a real thing. That's what an apple a day keeps the doctor away. All these idioms, there are reasons why we have some of these idioms. It's because there's an element of truth right. to them. And in the issue of scared to death, it's not just a modicum of truth. That's a real reality. People like, um, who's the famous Nazi doctor? They, they study these types of things. They try to scare people to death. Dr. Fauci? <laughs> Was it Mangala? Yeah, that's I think so. Is he, is he like Fauci's uh, great uncle or something? <laughs> His mentor. <laughs> His mentor. But well, okay, but but, but that's see, okay. That's the point. I'm just trying to say. No, it's real. Fear that, is the mind killer. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death. Yeah, and when the mind is dead, the body is not far behind. So there's that photo that we've linked to a few times. I love that absolutely cap, cap captures the 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 current state of affairs where it's in i think it's in new york it's in times square uh during the election okay i'll find it and i'll relink and, and we we've posted on one this of our is episodes where everyone's looking at the telescreen everyone's looking at the screen you can see the, the blue telescreen. glow telescreen telescreen uh, the, the telescreen okay. you can see the Wink blue glow on their faces yeah. in the background it says america has decided and it has a picture of biden and harris and everybody's masked and it's the perfect capture of of our current state of affairs the other perfect photo i saw and we'll have to track this down showed a mcdonald's with a police officer an armed guard standing out in front of the mcdonald's assuming he was not letting anybody in who wasn't masked and then there's a bench a bus stop bench right out in front and there's an overweight really slobby looking guy sitting on the bench slouched on the bench barely hanging onto the bench with his with his mask on, and, and I was like, "That's that's that's America <laughs> yeah, right that's, now. That's America." Uh, one of the the other, if we're going to talk about greatest hits, uh, memes or or photos, I got to throw in the one we posted as a podcast uh, leader graphic, which was the meme where it showed a, a a a picture of Normandy Beach, men 
storming Normandy Beach, mm-hmm. and it said, men in 1944 facing almost certain death. And then underneath it, it has a picture of a man with a mask on hiding behind his office chair. And it says men in 2020 facing a 99.99% survival rate. Right. So would the... If you just, if you, if like, if you're a thinking person and if you just take a step back, all this is a, this is a beacon, a, uh, a message to all the thinking people out there. Just take a step back. Look at what the bigger picture is that's going on here. Look at it. Right. Fear is the mind. You killer. can't look at it and not realize something is seriously wrong. And that's part of why, it that's why we are a democracy. Part of it is this idea that that conspiracy theories are an inherent threat to our democracy or as the Sinclair media channels all yeah. said in unison. Yeah. They're dangerous. Uh, dangerous to our democracy. Th- that's what exactly correct because truth is dangerous to democracy. See, truth they, is they dangerous. That's not how they frame the argument. They frame the argument that fake news is dangerous to our democracy and that these conspiracy theories are all Bobby. silly and that uh, the conspiracy theory, you know, they equate and they do this very cleverly. If you if you've seen the social dilemma, there's a lot of good in the social dilemma. It's a documentary about social media and the way that social media manipulates our brains and provides fake hits of dopamine and it's it's really valuable. Until they start telling us that conspiracy theories are very dangerous to our democracy. They, they're ba- it's basically a setup for social media to start censoring. It, right. And because it's like, they, it's bad, they, so we need to make it better. They go, by to, they go to flat earth stuff, they go to uh, Pizzagate, which we, we haven't really talked about much on this podcast. They go to some, some COVID conspiracies that. I had never heard of were super outlandish and, and ridiculous. And I've, I've been pretty plugged into the COVID conversation. Mm-hmm. And so they go, they go very far, right? They go to things that most people just dismiss without even consideration, like flat earthers. And they lump into that every other truth movement or conspiracy theory. Now, when social, the, the irony is that they also condemn Russia for their in you know uh, hacking of the 2016 election something that has been All right because what Russia wanted Donald Trump right something that has been thoroughly just debunked n- never proved never, never proved not not okay so to say it's been thoroughly debunked is wrong because they are thoroughly always thoroughly debunking <clears throat> and fact checking things Russia having wanted Donald Trump is just absurd upon its face some things use your common sense out there. But the point is, the point is that they are gatekeeping truth by framing certain things as absurd and certain things as exactly. obviously true. Exactly. So the social dilemma, which has gotten a lot of praise, because I think inherently we all understand that social media is bad for us. But that's not that's not new. That's not a new idea. They, the creators yeah. of that documentary, didn't come up with that idea. People have been saying this since the beginning that social media is bad for us it's particularly bad for young people and more specifically very bad for young girls but that's a different uh you know that's a different topic it's a whole nother topic so let's talk about here you have what you end up having is the oligarchy is gatekeeping what right. can and cannot even be considered or 
conversed, let alone what is true. Right. A great example, and you guys touched on this with some of the, your guests, is the Wuhan lab theory, the leak theory, right? A year ago, if you brought that up in a public setting, you would be censored, you would be canceled, you'd be punished. Now it's kind of the talking point. Oh, yeah. That was when I was talking to Tom, the young guy, and we brought up the John Stewart appearance on the Colbert show. Right. Is it still called the Colbert Colbert, Colbert show? I don't know. Colbert? I don't know. I stopped listening to him a long time ago when it was obvious that he he's, was just he's another a high priest of the all of these the comedy guys. Side. By the way, these late night comedy guys—they're just talking. They're just giving you the talking points. Some of them more blatant than others. Like, you know, John Stewart became a news show basically, where people were actually getting their facts from this clown. Right. If, if you're getting your your critical thinking from John Stewart, if you think he's a critical thinker, if you if you really think that's what critical thinking looks like, I'm sorry. The Penn and Teller crowd, I'm sorry. I right. mean, it's just absurd that you would even... Uh, I mean, you, you be, had... You uh, would even begin You there. had Jimmy Kimmel... You can't begin ...up there. there crying about, you know, during the uh, Obamacare debates, crying about his sick son. It's like, this is a guy who makes a lot of money. He can afford any care he wants for his son, and he did and does. Mm -hmm. But he's... Anyway. Well, but the, it's this whole idea of gatekeeping and what is considered a conspiracy theory and what is considered true isn't something that the people get to do to get to decide and so conspiracy theories aren't dangerous to a democracy in fact conspiracy theories are essential to a free society because yeah, you so have equating to, democracy with a free society well, let's and just, i okay. disagree with that well i do too i do too i'm using i'm arguing under their their terms. And we can't. That's what I would I like but, to point out is that we cannot let them take the ground. We are what the I'm, we are the Jaredites. Right. The world's languages have been corrupted. What I'm saying is you have to have conspiracy theories in order to have a free society. They're arguing the opposite. You've always got to be watching for conspiracy. That's the whole point. And and not just conspiracy in the way that we've talked about on this show in the past. I'm saying you have to have room for outlandish, absurd, silly ideas. They have to exist. You have to be able to converse and okay, discuss so them because that's how you that's how you come to a conclusion of what is truth. You have to have theories and then you have to have investigations. You have to have yeah. reporters that are honest who want to get to the truth. There was a time when people said, you're insane if you think that the president of the United States has hired people to break into those offices at the Watergate Hotel so he can spy on his opponents. That's insane. You're stupid. You cannot believe that. That's threatening American democracy. Well, the, one of the problems is we, we believe that conspiracies occur in all the other countries. They just don't occur here. I mean, we're willing to give <laughs> Hitler the Reichstag fire, right. but we're not willing to admit that it's a possibility here. We're willing to see uh, murder, deceit, false flag terror, all kinds of nefarious activity, as long as it's not the American government or, say, the right. British government or something like that. Right. But, like, okay, so you're talking about gatekeeping. You're, you're talking about making room for the outlandish here. And I want to come back to the gatekeeping idea. Because how many times but has I wanna... the outlandish actually proven to be true? Okay, so now that you're you're saying that, I want to take a tangent here and talk about some of what you find to be more outlandish conspiracy theories. I know we have a very diverse, very open-minded audience because I've talked to some of them. And they do investigate things like Flat Earth, for example. Or there's the moon landing. Mm -hmm. uh, there's we can go so far as the shape shifting shape shifting lizard men overlords, 
which was a common, well, not common, but one of those things you'd run across when you look into the oligarchy, say, 10 or 12 years ago on the Internet. So I want to talk. I want to talk about some of these things. Let's talk. Let's talk about that. Let's let's uh, let's discuss just uh, some of the details on some of those things. Why, Bobby? Do you not? Why do you think that the flat Earth is such an outlandish theory, other than peer pressure? Because we've been flat Earth is one of those things you can just say, oh, he's a flat earther. That means he's crazy, right? What if right. the earth were flat? What if God lifted you up to a very high mountain and you saw the earth was flat or he showed you the earth was flat? What, what is it that makes you think that the earth is not flat? You're asking, you're asking me. I'm asking you live, <clears throat> pre-recorded live on the air. <laughs> well, I <laughs> could, could potentially be cut, modified, edited later. Well, he has, in effect, lifted people really high up. I mean, we have pictures from space, and you have okay, to. Who, who you're gave you're those accepting pictures? the fact. You're accepting that those are real. That's right. Right. Have you ever looked? Have you ever been down this rabbit hole? Have you started to look a, at a little bit? A okay. little bit. It, it's not that interesting to me, to be honest. Okay. But I I understand it, and I think that the the flat Earth theories tend to be kind of. Um, there doesn't seem to be a. Uh, a con- I guess a consensus. There's so there's a so lot of different consensus? ones. No, you don't okay. need it. But and I've traveled around the world, and you can see the curvature of the Earth from an airplane. Okay, that's interesting. You also can you have see it really well. I mean, you you you've unmistakably seen it. You, you I mean, yeah, you, you could see a curved it. airplane window or anything well, like that. You can see it pretty well, I think. Okay. Have you flown on one of those long flights in the Southern Hemisphere? That's one of the things they say those flights get canceled all the time. Like people yeah, fly I've, over the South Pole or South. I've not flown over the Antarctica. South Pole. I've flown to Australia. That's in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, but you came from the Northern Hemisphere, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you have to. It's the only way to get to people, the Southern Hemisphere if you live in the Northern Hemisphere. People have. No, people. I've looked into this pretty extensively people have gone to great lengths to demonstrate on a map where the flights are they there is some compel all i'm saying is there is some sure, compelling evidence. I, I get it i i am not sold on the idea that the earth is flat i just i'm i'm not i'm not saying that just because i want to be disassociated here, with people who think that but i'm so let there, me, are, there are there are particular reasons why i'm not sold on it however the idea that the earth curves over a certain, like, like over six miles, you shouldn't be able to see somebody standing, standing up yet. People have gone out to do empirical evidences right here in Utah, like uh, Utah Lake. They've, mm-hmm. they've taken bright lights or reflective lights and stood on opposite si- shores. And they have demonstrated that you can actually see over the, what, what, Theoretically, if the Earth is curved according to the metrics that mm-hmm. "quote unquote" science or the public schools have taught us, you shouldn't be able to see over that if light. Right, I've seen the opposite direction. demonstrated too, where people go out in in the ocean and they can't see. You have, yeah, okay, because I'd like to see some of that. But see, here's here's the point, though. Here's the point, at least that I've been trying to make in in that. Flat Earth by the the oligarchy, the the mainstream just dismisses that. They use that as, like you said, as a derogatory term. Oh, he's a flat earther. And in mm-hmm. fact, in Social Dilemma, they make fun of Kyrie Irving, a basketball player who came out and said, "I think the Earth's flat." He got a lot of ridicule for it, 
And then he came out and said, no, 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 I, I don't really believe that. I just went down a YouTube rabbit hole. And then the social dilemma people say, see, see, dangerous. YouTube has mm-hmm. dangerous people on it that are misleading good, honest truth seekers like Kyrie Irving. And he got wrapped up. He's a victim of the of the rabbit hole. And, and, and he, he, for a minute, he believed the earth was flat. Well, we aren't having a conversation. There's no... I shouldn't say there's no, but there's not a lot of widespread scientific research into whether or not the earth is flat. Well, there can't be because it's right. so that's, ridiculous. That's the point is I mean, that they make it so ridiculous. Maybe, maybe, we, maybe it is ridiculous, but maybe we could learn a lot about the earth if we did investigate it. Well, and this goes to... And, it the, wasn't, and I'm saying investigations on a wide scale that not just hobbyists or people trying to prove that the earth is flat. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. Who who's who are we going to believe? Are we going to believe KSL and their scientists? Right, when, right. When they're telling us that the immune system doesn't work the way they've been telling us it worked for the last hundred years, right? That's the problem. Is who do who who well, can that's we the, rely that's on? That's the gatekeeper problem. Yeah, that's the gatekeeper problem. And the gatekeepers so, are saying you can only rely on us. So you have to deal with some guy who's like, look, I went out on Utah Lake and I and I did the experiment right. myself. And it was contradictory to what you would expect. Right. Now, with refraction, which is an argument everybody else brings up, is that the light curves and whatever, maybe maybe that's why he sees it as flat is because of refraction. Maybe there's more, uh, maybe there's a, uh, an interesting effect on, on the smaller lake like that with all of the land masses surrounding it. You know, I don't know, I don't know why. But let, let's... But but the people at BYU and Utah State and University of Utah they're not going to go down and do those experiments because they believe the science is settled. But let's okay. So let's say that I believe that the Earth is flat, and I'm adamantly believing that. Okay. Am I hurting anybody? Nope. Am I taking away your rights? My right to not feel threatened by am I, am, the I, am I threatening any of your liberties? <laughs> Absolutely not. But that's the thing is people people don't want to feel threatened, and they feel threatened when somebody comes into church or into school or into their group and says something that's that is so outside of the norm that right. it shocks their but fa- feeling their, their world. Feeling threatened and feeling offended isn't the same that's thing right. as having your right that's taken away. That's not a right. You're right. Your right. But that's away. the problem. We I, live in I, a world... I saw a conversation recently about a, a famous Mormon book written by a, a president of the church, former president of the church, Spencer W. Kimball, wrote a book called The Miracle of Forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And it's a very controversial book because he speaks very plainly in that book. And people have, have said, ah, oh, that, that book is heresy. That book is not, you know, because it makes them uncomfortable. Well, look. And so then they seek out to eradicate copies of the book and get rid of it from right. the world. Well, you can always just not read it. Yeah. You don't have to engage in these ideas if they make you uncomfortable. But see, that's not enough for the oligarchy. The oligarchy says, yeah, you could ignore the flat earthers if you want to. But instead, we're going to make sure that they're so marginalized that engaging with them makes you into a nut job. And what they've done is they've, they've, they've treated, they've taken that and they apply it to any questioning of, of the narrative. So if you, if you think that maybe there's a problem with these COVID vaccines, then you're, you're a flat earther. You're, a, you're equivalent to a flat earther. Now, look, I'm not trying to Say that's a legitimate comparison, okay? No, if you're, you're a flat, an anti-vaxxer, if yeah. you're a flat earther, some people see it that way. That's fine. You're you're free to to engage in that and believe that. That's great. 
and I'm happy to have lunch with you and engage with you and be your friend. But yeah, now you're an anti-vaxxer. And, and then not only are you an anti-vaxxer, but you're probably an anti-masker. And if you're an anti-masker, then you're obviously a Trump supporter. And then you obviously support insurrection against American democracy. democracy. <laughs> and, and that's a, it's a, so stupid. And yet that's the, that's the thread that they, that they weave to tie everybody into these so-called dangerous movements. Well, and the reason this works is because people crave mass validation that the oligarchy understands something very, very important, and that is that the people want to be seen as compatible with their peers. Yeah, how many, how many people have you talked to over the last year and a half? Or, and I've seen this on social media, Twitter specifically. It's the only one I really use. And I was totally weaned off of social media, by the way, before I got pulled back in by Spencer effing Cox. <laughs> Because he was so stupid. Let, let me, here, here, we've gone over an hour. I got I to gotta bring <laughs> okay, this one okay, up. Okay, Forgive us, but Bobby's back. It's, this is somewhat relevant, but he says on Twitter. The, the mouthpiece of so the So there's this report that Americans have a lot fewer close friends than they used to. American, have you ever had more than a triangle of friends? I mean... As an adult, not really, but I, but I don't find that, like I have a lot of acquaintances, you know, neighbors and stuff, but they're talking about close friends. Well, close friends should be limited because it's close. It's your inner circle, right? It's the brain trust. You can't be close friends with 50 people. It doesn't work. You can't have an work. anti-vaxxer or a flat earther in your brain trust. So there's this idea that, and especially with the men that have fewer close friends. Okay, well, maybe that's a conversation that needs to come up maybe there's some problems that are leading to this well spencer cox says i speak about this very troubling trend often (laughs) we are wired for connection but as our institutions service clubs churches etc diminish we will find those connections in more unhealthy ways if we don't have close friends at least we can hate the same people together on facebook okay Governor Cox. Stop talking, Governor Cox. Stop Less it. than a year ago, you made it illegal for me and Jordan to do exactly what we're doing now. You made it illegal for me to go visit my neighbor. You made it illegal to have Thanksgiving dinner. You made it illegal for me to connect with people. Did you forget that? You made it illegal. You made it a crime to connect with other human beings because you're so afraid of a virus with a 99.97% survival rate. You made it mandatory for us to cover our faces. How do we make connections with people? It starts with a face. It starts with your smile. It starts with a head nod and a handshake. You made all of those things illegal. You are part of the problem. You cannot speak on this troubling issue often and expect any credibility when you made it illegal for human beings to connect with one another. So you need to stop talking. You need to resign in disgrace because you are an embarrassment and a disgrace. To humanity. So what what you're saying is really important, but for the listener's sake, and I know you get this, that is the purpose of the whole thing we're going through right now. It is that people, when they're together, when they're not 
being brainwashed, mind raped by the establishment sources of media, they tend to be willing to explore interesting ideas, even if they are well, even if they are, they seem to be outlandish. They're willing to they're willing to look into other things, and so it's not a side effect. I think it was the actual intent of the events of the last year was to divide isolate absolutely to isolate us all so that the only sources of information we're getting are coming from the oligarchy go back to march and april and june march april may before the george floyd floodgates the only thing on television were reruns and the news and what was the news talking about every day all day stay inside stay safe stay stay isolated stay home stay save lives stay 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 home be afraid be afraid be afraid don't talk to people did, I sent you a, a video of a Canadian official. Did you see that? So Canada's still doing the lockdowns. Oh, just things. recently, yeah. And this official... They said the reason that they were keeping people... One of the important reasons they needed to isolate people was so that there wouldn't be a spread of misinformation. Right. As if so misinformation pe- was a mind virus. So people wouldn't get together and talk about how bad the Canadian government is handling all of this. So we've got to isolate people. They're just saying it now. Those videos coming from the Canadian government are creepy. Like they have, Canada's a, they, in have trouble. A literal, they have a literal Soviet. By the way, Soviet means this unaccountable bureaucracy that makes your Canada's makes in your a lot rules. of trouble. And that's troubling to me because I really like Canada. In fact, this trip I had planned that I went on was supposed to include part of Canada. And we can't get into Canada. Canada is inaccessible. And people can't leave Canada unless you have an American citizenship, you know, a dual citizenship. But see, and then the other thing Spencer Cox says, he takes a shot at Facebook and and social media as if social media, you know, we can get together and hate the same people on social media. Well, again, he's, he's propagating this idea that only he... He is a good source of information. So you should listen to people like him and the news and not get together with people and have conversations on Facebook. Is there bad conversations on social media? Of course. There's a bunch. It's a cesspool. Yeah, but that's not but for that's us to not, decide. And it's also not new. Yeah, but it's not for us to decide or to right, regulate. Right. He, you know, he entertained the idea of requiring... Uh, cell phones sold in Utah to have porn filters pre-installed. Now you can you can argue. I don't think anybody uh, would make the argument that pornography is a, is a good thing for people to look at. But he's talking about censoring right out of the box what people are allowed to read. So why not stop there, Governor? Why don't you also pre-install your approved reading list? And make it required reading. In order to buy a cell phone, you have to make sure to read these books that Spencer Cox recommends. Right, that's the point. Where does it stop? And so it's gatekeeping. And, and these, it's this idea that we, left to our own devices, won't, will come up with violent and dangerous ideas. And that we will entertain them and that we will believe them and therefore threatened American democracy. And it's a lie. It's all a lie. Because, first of all, again, like I said, we have to be able to have the freedom. A free society is predicated on us being free to believe and to associate and to do whatever we like as long as we don't infringe on the rights of other people. 
What they're saying is it's okay for us to infringe on your rights if it's to protect the narrative, the truth, what they call the truth. So you, the COVID is an, exa- an amazing example of this. An amazing example of censorship, of coercion, of tyranny, of fascism, Marxism, communism, violence, all in the name of protecting, air quotes, truth. When in, when in fact, the actual truth, or at least what we think is the actual truth, which has been suppressed, keeps coming to the forefront. It keeps finding a way. Because the, the truth always is going to come out one way or another. Yeah, until you kill all the people that are willing <clears throat> to say truth. I watched, um, I got caught up on some documentaries recently. I watched um, Murder Among the Mormons. Did oh, yeah. You, did you I've watch that? that? Yeah. There's a point where Mark Hoffman's dad says, we are praying for the truth to come out. And of course, in hindsight, you're looking at that going, you should have prayed for something else. <laughs> but he says, we're praying for the truth to come out. And eventually the truth does come out. And uh, unfortunately, it was bad for the Hoffman Unless family. Unless he was framed. Eh, I don't think he, he was. Ad- he admitted to it. There's all these tapes of him describing what he did. I think, um, you know, the bomb that went off in his own car, mm-hmm. and he, he later said, oh, I was trying to commit suicide. I don't think that's true at all. I think that bomb was intended for somebody else, and it accidentally went off. And but he, to save face, he right said he did it. Um, he had no reason to commit suicide. He was on the verge of a big payday, and not a suspect. He was portrayed as a victim. It of was all a of really this. interesting documentary. He's a he is a fascinating. Uh, I mean, the the one guy in the story says, I'm not going to tell you how great he was because I don't want to make a hero of him, but he was really, really good at what he did. Yeah. Really good. And Well, the thing was he had everybody convinced, and that's that's why we should all be suspect of reality or the perceived reality because, I mean, he he had not just the church, but like national... National and international experts were fooled. Yeah, they, I mean, he. there was this, uh, what was it called? Uh, there was a document that he had purportedly found, one of the first original printings of a poem, a uh, patriotic poem. Do you remember yeah, what that the, was called? Yeah, uh, the Oath of a Freeman. The Oath of a Freeman. And he was going to sell it for millions of dollars, and he had it tested at like a national laboratory. Yeah. And until they found the plates that he had commissioned or... Uh, had a, had a an engraving company make that's a, to manufacture was, it. <laughs> they thought it was real until was they so, found the equi- the counterfeiting equipment. Right. They thought it was real. That was something I found really funny. Is that and I guess this was the eighties. So it was easier to hide your tracks, right? You didn't have this electronic trail of yeah. So he went into this 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 printer and just said, "My name's Michael Smith," and the problem was he had to use his real name for. Right, because he forgot his or well, they, use a they, credit card or something. They, I can't remember. Yeah, and they found receipts, you know, for this for this place. But he just went into like a, a regular printing place, and it struck me that the employees or people, I guess, it just didn't make you know, no one cared. They make this point like, no, it, this was just something nerds were into. 
just yeah, nobody you, was going to check historical up on the documents. Oath of the Freeman historical document. Yeah. And so it didn't make a lot of news. So the, the guy who printed that wasn't sitting, you know, watching the evening news going, hey, say, wait a minute. I made that. But it would be like it would be like today going to, you know, a T-shirt shop and having him print a T-shirt and then coming out and saying, George Washington wore this T-shirt. <laughs> And people saying, yeah, I bet he did. And I mean, but obviously it's more than that. But just he 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 involved other people, which which as a fraudster, you would, you know, would think that would be a number one no, no. Like, don't you can't involve other people, you know, other commercial businesses. It ended up being his downfall. Well, the big question and one of our can't remember if it was Whitaker. I think it was who co-hosted with us a while ago. Thanks for being on the show, buddy. He he liked to bring up the the comment from that documentary where Hoffman had counterfeited a coin and then had it graded, and then he basically said, "Well, if they say it's real, then it's real." Right. So that's the that's the point: is what is reality? What is right. real in this world? And, and what is history? Is history what actually happened? No, we don't know what happened. It's in the past. Right. It's. And Stephen Pratt, again, a shout out to the Stephen Pratt lectures on liberty and on the Constitution. He goes through that. He's like, what is history? Uh, You know, a history professor asked his students that and they would give different answers. And the one he loved was a kid who says, well, it's just one damn thing after another. Right. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's not. Is it what happened? And and anyway, his uh, or facts about what happened or, uh, you know, narrative. Stephen Pratt settled on the idea that it's it's evidence accompanied with reason and debate and that's what we don't have is we don't have the reason and the debate right anymore because of the we don't even we don't even need the evidence yeah but that's why there's so many conspiracy theories there was a good article i'd i'd like to find if i I can't remember i may not be able to put this on the sources but there was a uh, last year when all this was kicking into high gear there was a guy that wrote about why we have conspiracy theories and the point is the conclusion was because there's so much evidence right that and and these conspiracy quote theorists or i prefer to use the term researcher they you don't get into this you don't you don't think the moon landing was faked just for fun you don't you don't go out regular people don't go out and say you know what i'm going to put at risk my credibility with my family i'm going to become a pariah at family parties I'm I'm going to just make everybody that I know angry. Some people do, but they're in the vast ma- minority. But the vast right. majority of and they people, usually don't catch on. Yeah, people who are seeking truth, they don't go out to say, "Hey, oh, I want to get myself discredited and become an outcast in society." What they're doing is they're looking for truth, and the reason they become uh, a conspiracy researcher or or a promoter of these ideas is because they find evidence. Now, one example. I want to point out is uh, that there was a guy now I'm going to have to do some research on this to, to find the man and, and link to him. But if you recall the mid two thousands, right after nine 11, there was this security state um, gold rush, so to speak. There was a huge increase in security technologies and there the whole issue of airport security had, you know, exploded. It it had, it had ballooned into this big this big issue, and it's and been a whole bunch of no bid contracts. 
Yeah, uh, people are not aware that Michael Chertoff had a stake in the, the naked body scanner stuff. Well, anyway, the whole naked body scanner stuff came about because of the underwear bomber, who was a man who was demonstrably on drugs, who was let onto an airplane, I believe in Amsterdam or in the Netherlands. That sounds right. By a, by a sharp-dressed Indian man, so a CIA operative, helped him bypass the security line. Okay, let me say that again. He bypassed the security line, got in the plane, tried to light his plastic explosive underwear on fire with a match. Anybody that knows anything about plastic explosives knows that they need to be lit, lit by a detonator. They electrified. They can't be burnt. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he and the shoe bomber caused this huge yeah, uproar. Yeah, you ever wonder why you, you take your shoes off? Yeah. Because of the shoe bomber. It's, they, they've, got to, they've got to make you go through this security theater because there was a lot of money at stake for these contracts for all this equipment. And the, the, the whole point is that episode was a fraud. And there was an attorney in Illinois who I remember seeing this real time. Cause I was, the shoe I was, bomber was a fraud up, too. I was, yeah, I was waking up to all this stuff in the mid two thousands going, something's crazy. Or it was mm-hmm. right after, right after the housing crisis. Mm-hmm. It was like 2008, 2009. I'm going, something's wrong here. So I started to do the research and when the when the naked body scanners were on the table, Drudge, who by the way, Drudge Report is no longer a, a reliable source of information. <laughs> right. Some, something happened there. We've we've commented on that, I think, before. I think it was just a big payday. But back in the day, or maybe a bullet to the temple, or yeah, a gun to the maybe temple. Maybe he's not alive anymore. We don't know. But back in the day, he broke the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody else would touch it. And he then became this incredible force in media because he was willing to publish the stories and link to the stories that that were um, the type of thing that would stretch your mind, the type of thing that would would make you question your reality. And now it's a bunch of statist propaganda that he links to or who they, whoever they are. But he uh, he was instrumental in Donald Trump being elected too. You know, so sometime in the last four years, the, the Drudge Report went the way of the dodo. But at the time, I remember watching that, and he was significantly concerned about these naked body scanners. And they, they, they basically seeded the public mind with the idea that they existed. And then there was this event where you had the underwear bomber and the shoe bomber. And then the government, of course, purchased all the equipment. And now, you know, you're going to have to get a rectal exam to go on an airplane or whatever. Well, and so, a COVID test and, and a COVID vaccine, test, yeah. and also you have to do 10 jumping jacks. But <laughs> but there's this guy, this, uh, th- this is why people become quote-unquote conspiracy theorists. There was this dude, this attorney from Illinois, who was standing in line and watched the whole thing happen. And then afterwards, he was interviewed by the FBI, and they told him what he saw did not actually happen. Right. He was tr- they tried to coerce him into changing his story. So then he went out and made the rounds on the the alternate what we'll call alt- alternative media, you know, people like Alex Jones Infowars and started talking about his primary source evidence account where he had seen all this stuff happen and then his experience with the authorities as they tried to get him to change his story and he says there must be a problem here because the mainstream narrative is wrong. I witnessed it, and, and it's absolutely wrong. 
I have a, an acquaintance who is a police officer, and he tells me repeatedly how the news repeatedly and intentionally misreports what actually happens relative to things he has been an eyewitness right. to. I have I have experience with that. Yeah, there was another one I want to mention. A guy named I think his name's Skelton. It was a back when Bilderberg, you know, Bilderberg, the secretive oligarchy group that met for many years, and finally in this is what Alex Jones's documentary Endgame is mostly about at least the first half of it and I linked to that a few podcasts ago anyway back in 2007-8 that needed exposing it had been going on for 50 years the the magnates the titans of industry and government had been meeting together in secret um kind of like that clip from so I married an axe murderer you know they meet triannually right at a secret location in Colorado known as the meadows right Oh, who's in that secret society? Oh, the Queen, the Gettys, the Rothschilds, and Colonel Sanders before he went teats up. Oh, I hated the Colonel with his wee beady eyes. Okay, so <laughs> we've the, the, this. The thing is, and and one of the articles we're going to link to here on the podcast references is called "The Conspiracy Theory Charade," which is a great article by a guy named James Bovard. How he goes through the something that we've discussed before, which is the history of of the public relations efforts to. Uh, discredit people who get who are researching conspiracies and how it was related to the JFK assassination and everything and the CIA, etc. So I recommend you read that. Well, anyway, Skelton, back when Bilderberg was Berg was being exposed and brought to light. Now that we had the internet, remember you got to put you got to place yourself in history. The internet was just getting steam in the early two thousands. Truth was exploding upon to the scene. Free, demo- truly democratized information, you know, meaning unfettered, unregulated, and uh, you had access to tons of truth mixed with tons of error. Okay, I'm, I'm going to throw that out there. There's definitely there, tons of there's error. There's always the going to be tons of error. But at least you had access. There was tons of error before the internet. You, uh, could, you could subscribe to a newsletter. You could read the New York Times. You could... Yeah. Go to a... But it was could, harder because those newsletters were smaller, fewer sure. between... And, and, the, and the internet provided it was it was essentially the biggest thing that happened since the Getty, the the Gutenberg press. I think we also forget that the the early days of the internet were dominated by chat rooms and forums where people could get together, like-minded people. I, I remember one of the first things I did on the internet was I was a teenager and I was into this band, and the band was called Fish P H I S H, and I still love this band. And they're a jam band, so I'll tell you a bit about me. But I love the Grateful Dead and and Fish and other jam bands. But I got online and I found this. I think they called them what they call them back then, like rings or nets. And there was these. So you could find you could find lyrics of the songs. You could find tour dates. You could find stories from people. You could even find people wanting to sell and buy tickets. What the internet did immediately was connect people. It did what Spencer Cox is so uh, adamant that is important, right? While also simultaneously preventing it. It connected people. And it's possible to connect online with somebody and have a, make a real connection. Now, I think social media has watered that down. You know, now we have a thousand friends on Facebook that people will never meet. 
but the the early days of the internet connected like-minded people and facilitated what you're talking about. It facilitated this explosion of ideas and truth and error. Right. But see, if somebody in a forum, and you still get this on the old school bulletin board style forums, which are so much better than social media because they're archived and they're searchable and you can, you know, there's there's problems with them, sure, but they're not a feed that just goes forever like social media does. And they're not controlled by an algorithm either. Mm-hmm. And that's a really important thing. But you can get on a forum and you can say, the earth is flat and this is why I think it's flat. Da, 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 list your reasons. And then someone can say, oh man, you're wrong. And this is why you're wrong. And you can have, you can. And people can read the discussion. Have a good discussion. Now, of course, there's trash and there's there's garbage and there's and trolling. There's trolls, yeah. and, and that all exists. But that all exists with or without the internet. But buyer beware. I mean, look, you, right. you the, the whole issue with statism is, statism is they think you should not be able to decide. We're too stupid to make our own decisions. That's the, that's the argument. Even though their, their ultimate goal is just mind control, total control, total domination. That's what they want. They just want to suck the life out of you like the batteries in the matrix. Okay, they're right. evil. But they're... But they they pull back to a uh, a point where they take your the, the 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 mental exercise they go through to try and convince you to give you their rights is you're it boils down to essentially you're too stupid people are too stupid to make these decisions on their own that's literally what they're saying in not so many words and my you know my response to that these are dangerous because you're not smart enough my response to that is so so what if someone wants to believe that the moon landing is fake? Is that person is that person putting a gun to other people's heads and telling them they must also believe and the moon landing is and fake? And that's where they make the absurd jump to well then that's a danger that's that's endangering our democracy meaning what they want you to think that means is that it's endangering your freedom. But they're not telling a lie there. They're saying no it's it's dangerous to our democracy meaning it's dangerous to our control mechanism. Right. That's what they in literally that sense, mean. They're they're correct. Like yeah. these, uh, I mean, COVID again is a great example. Like the the trust that people have in the media and government has gone down throughout this significantly. And right. there was a I think it was a Pew Research survey. Take it for what it's worth. Found that twenty nine percent of the American public trust the media. Now the thing I find outlandish is that twenty nine percent. That many people actually trust the media. Yeah, I don't know. They must have polled people sixty-five and over. I don't think it was twenty-nine percent. It was. I think it was twenty-nine people. <laughs> right. They missed the percentage was right. actually just people. But the, those people were in Biden's cabinet and included. I don't think it included Joe Biden, but included Kamala Harris, <laughs> and then members of the cabinet and a few high-level staffers. So, what is dangerous to human freedom is this control of information right and let's before we move on to that want to just I, I mentioned charlie skelton and bilderberg the thing that's hilarious about that is he's a comedian right and the guardian hired him to cover bilderberg in 2009 because alex jones and others were bringing it to light as if it was so was he important. covering it as a joke yes but he went down i think it was to greece i remember listening to this real time because he went to greece he starts investigating he starts and he's going to write his comedy thing about it he gets thrown in jail like literally he got caught in some like he got caught up in the control mechanism and he realized that it's a thing right and it's so real. it backfired the guardian it backfired cuz he was supposed to be down there to make light of it and and he and he, he literally was scared for his life and well, he's like these people are deadly serious about taking your liberties <laughs> right and 
you know, there, there's been some um, PR push lately for the, the Great Reset. What you know, the Great Reset has been hijacked by harmful conspiracy theories. Oh, wasn't that? Was there a KSL article? I can't. Somebody was starting to write on, or maybe it was a CNN or USA Today article about how the, it was damage control. It's like what you need to know about the Great Reset. Did Some I people, send that to you? You might have sent that. To I me. think I sent it to you with the caption, "Ha ha 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 ha," because <laughs> <laughs> it's so obviously like a PR article. It's not even written like a. I, I think it was on the in the Guardian, maybe, but Let's it see, was. I'll find it. It was so silly, and it was like there are people who believe that the Great Reset is actually a communist takeover. And while there are, while there are authoritarian elements, it's the BBC. We'll link. To okay, it. yeah, the BBC. <laughs> yeah, the, and, the British Broadcasting Company, which by definition is a state-run entity. Right. Did you know that this always? Whenever I hear about this, I scratch my head and I, I shake my head at the the Brit at the Brits. Did you know that you have to pay the government money to have TV? Yeah. A TV license? Yeah, and they'll shame you if you don't pay for the TV license. Like yeah. if you if you don't want to have a TV in your home, I, I've seen um they put billboards up in the si- the town that's like three people in this town do not pay for Yeah. The like the, it, it's the license. It's one thing to pay, you know, Comcast or whatever for your connection to the TV, but this is a government tax that allows you to have TV in your house. It's remarkable that that's that's something that people haven't just said. No, we're not doing this. Oh, well, it's Great Britain, right? I mean, they love the bureaucracy. Like you said, they love their bureaucracy. They they are down the drain. Them, Canada. Yeah, these Commonwealth countries are yeah, Australia in New trouble. Zealand. Well, the title of this article you sent me was What is the Great Reset and How Did It Get Hijacked by Conspiracy Theories? This is where you go, there's no conspiracy theory in the Book of Mormon. Yeah, he's <laughs> got you? that. He's, Ezra Benson, Benson had that, that uh, rural accent. Yeah. Wasn't he from Idaho? Yeah, but remember, Benson was no slouch. The man spends eight years in the Eisenhower White House as no, Secretary he, he of Agriculture while he was also a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, he knew this if, guy had knowledge if of you, conspiracy, okay? He knew what was going on. I went on. down a, a rabbit hole. Well, you know, there's that term, right? From yeah. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. If you believe the Salt Lake Tribune, <laughs> and, you know, this was back, though, in the 60s and 70s. Great purveyor of conspiracy theories. Which I think maybe back then journalists were a little more... Uh, uh, sincere, a little more free, free, but also I think I think they were more curious back then. But there was a, there was a lot of internal conflict between the the twelve, the quorum of the twelve, or the fifteen, <gasps> the first presidency of twelve. A lot of them didn't like Ezra Taft. Is Benson. that gasp going to come through? <gasps> conflict in the quorum of the twelve. They well, well, the image is always that they're this unified <laughs> body, and of course. That can't be true. There are 15 men with different backgrounds and ideas, and I'm sure there's debate, as there should be. But um, there's old uh, Tribune articles about how that the, they didn't, they did not like uh, Ezra Tapp Benson, and this was before he was president of the church. This was back when he was giving a lot of talks about politics and communism, the dangers of communism, and warning. Warning us as a 
voice of warning should Cre- do. Credentialed. <laughs> as a man on the watchtower. Experienced, yeah. Is supposed to do, warning us about the threats of communism. Now, this was back in the 50s, 60s, really, you know, when the Cold War was really hyped. And there were people telling him, don't, don't do this. Don't, don't teach this stuff. And, and then it went, and then he kind of toned it down when he became the president of the church, but he was still a voice of warning. That was something I always appreciated about him. Like he gave his famous talks about pride. I'm not here to tickle your ears. And how we're under condemnation, right? A condemnation, which has never been officially lifted. As far as I know, we are under condemnation as a church for not taking the Book of Mormon seriously enough. But after his time, when he died in, what, 1990-ish, 1989, you've never heard a peep from the from anybody in the church about the dangers of communism and collectivism and Marxism and the conspiracy fact. It's Yeah, it's radio silence on that. So you can take that for what it's worth, but look where we're our we're at now being encouraged to be good global citizens. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> You're going to yeah. open up a can of worms there. Yeah. Let's close that can of worms before we uh, spill it all over the place. Yeah, get your vaccine. Stay safe and effective. So what is the great reset and how did it get it hijacked by conspiracy theories? The BBC asks. This, well, they, this they, is, they blame the, they blame social media. They blame the vagary. You know, it's a vague well, what, proposal. What, 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 the, the, this shows that the term conspiracy theory has gotten so much life, so much of a life of its own, that it literally right now just means crazy. Right. How do you get hijacked by nut jobs? That's what they're really saying. Right. That's what they're trying to say. But but that's that's the thing is there is no conspiracy theory about the Davos crowd or the or the World Economic Forum. It is in actual fact a conspiracy. Well, the Great Reset is a published, documented thing. Right. It's a it's a it's a group of people acting in concert. That's a conspiracy, and they're acting in a way that's contrary to the will of millions, billion, if not billions, and it's, contrary to to go, the agency and right. and uh, sovereignty. Ideas of, sovereignty and ideas of good government as relates to billions of people on the earth. That's a conspiracy by definition. That is literally Gaddy Anton, Klaus Schwab, and uh, Kish Kuman. Uh, <laughs> a group of... Uh, Ravens is also a conspiracy. Uh, yeah, there's a billboard up uh, up and down the yeah, I saw that. front or something that's teaching us that. Did you, we had this conversation when I was um, on my trip. Birds, some birds, you know, we mostly just say flock of birds, but like a group of turkeys is not called a flock. Did you know that? It's called a rafter. A rafter? Yeah. You got a gaggle of geese, right? Yeah, I think a gaggle of geese. I'm hearing some weird clicking noise. Is that it? Was it me? I'm fidgety today. Maybe. Anyway, we don't need to go down the the cuckoo, the, the cuckoo, bird. Cuckoo. But yeah, a you conspiracy. You got to murder, murder a crows. Yeah, and and raven raven gets a bad rap because they're a group of ravens is called a conspiracy, and then it's also called a there's some other kind of negative terms. So ravens aren't, and then a murder of crows like that's. Did you know, like, anciently, the crows are considered, like, to be good om- omens? They're, like, right. very intelligent birds. Right. And then you've got, like, the turkey vulture, which is a huge 
knowledge symbol out of Egypt, you know, Thoth. Right. Yeah. Turkey vultures are pretty common here in the great state of Utah. And you can see them flying up high on the thermals and you can tell it's a turkey vulture because of their little teeny head and their big wings and they have Huge white wings. they have white on their wings underneath. Yeah, I'd say that's a good omen. Although and, Well, they're if circling around yeah, looking, if for, looking for if, are they circling you? <laughs> like, oftentimes on some <laughs> that of could my be a bad omen. Some of my hikes and bike rides and things, I see the turkey vultures fall on me. I think they <laughs> they must be given off they're some, sensing something. <laughs> must be given off some some bad omens, well, the, some bad vibes. The, the eagles appear when there's carrion. That's so, the that's a scriptural thing. So what's the conclusion? What is the what is the reason the BBC says that the Great Reset, which is totally benign and yeah. good, she doth protest too much, methinks, is being hijacked by conspiracy theorists? Do they have a conclusion, or do they just say that this is fine? It's fine. It's just it's just equality. It's just ending hunger and poverty. It's fine, and also your national sovereignty. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Which is, by the way, an official line from the official Great Reset documentation. You will own nothing and you will be happy. That alone has some serious problems. That one sentence has some serious problems. Like, for example, I own things now. How will I go from owning things to not owning things? Somewhere in between, I'm going to have to either have things taken from me by force or I am supposed to willingly give those things up (laughs) because right now I don't own nothing. I own things. And by the way, I'm also happy. So right away, right off, right out of the gate, there's nefarious uh, implications. It's funny because uh, they keep quoting a guy named Mr. Smith in this article. I wonder if that's intentional. Is Mis- he an agent? Mr. Smith says, okay, it's a, it's adaptability and close ties with the New World Order narrative, Mr. Smith, or Miss Smith. Sorry, it's a Mrs. Can't read. Miss Smith says, make it likely that the conspiracy theory will outlast the pandemic. So this Smith, who is Smith? Uh, He's the agent for the... Melanie Smith, head of an analyst at Graphica, who researches online movements and disinformation. Oh, right, right. Says the rumors are typical of an anti-establishment conspiracy theory. Okay. (laughs) You mean the Great Reset, which is an anti-establishment conspiracy fact? No, it's an establishment conspiracy fact. It's a pro-establishment conspiracy fact. It's not anti-establishment. I would almost argue... uh, that it is anti-establishment because, it, well, it's anti-civilization, as, as, right? It's anti-human. It's anti-freedom, right? And I still think that the majority of people are pro-freedom, although I this think is, that that number's dwindling. This is a this is a really uh, obvious hit piece against truth. Uh, you know, she says she researches anti-establishment conspiracy theory and that's typical of anti-establishment conspiracy theory she says quote the most intricate of these typically prove popular with government skeptics from across the political spectrum well as we as we pointed out everyone's a government skeptic now everyone how can anybody not be a government skeptic after the last two years right and so she says She says, in the hands of a diverse group of online activists, the Great Reset has been transformed from a call to encourage people to think about a a sustainable future to a sinister plot against humanity. 
and then the whole this whole hit piece against truth ends with uh, this this climate change plea. Miss Smith says online activists who deny the existence of climate change often engage with the Great Reset theory to quote dismiss sustainability and renewable energy initiatives as an elite agenda for control. The overlap of those conversations may become stronger as climate issues become even more prominent. She says, so this is telegraphing. We know that they're, guys, okay, I got to stop myself and interrupt myself. Climate on the earth is affected by a massive fireball that is eight <laughs> light seconds away from us. That is the main well, influencer of climate on the earth, period. End of story. I don't even know if I should link to the scientific evidence that that proves that because you can you can watch this every day this happens every day what happens is in the morning it starts to get lighter okay and you're going to notice something interesting happens. most mornings most morning when that fireball becomes visible it gets warmer okay and the Makes more sense. and more higher that gets in the sky above you the hotter it gets okay I'm with you still. Now, hold on a second. This is, this is going to get branded yeah, as a conspiracy the theory. <laughs> <laughs> since, I, since I was an adult. Since I was a young child, even. And without fail, this fireball becomes visible. And if it's a cloudy day, you know, less visible. But the temperature changes dramatically. Hmm. I experience global warming on a daily basis caused by... The giant well, fireball in the sky. But see. That's eight light seconds away from us. But see. That could incinerate us at any point in time with a solar flare. We have SUVs and we have airplanes and we have cows and they poop. The airplanes do? Well, they have exhaust come out of them. Okay. And that makes the temperature rise. And melt the ice caps. What are the ice caps? They're just things that apparently exist. And glaciers. What? Okay. They're changing the name of Glacier National Park to former glacier. To a snow-filled national park? No, but they are changing plaques in Glacier National Park. Yeah, they have to remove the ones that say this glacier is going to be gone by 2020 because they're still there. Yeah, they're, they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. Well, anyway, we've just discussed it before on the program. And again, I'll Here's, give a shout out to Alex Jones's documentary Endgame because the last half of that discusses how the climate change agenda is just a rebranding of the eugenics agenda. It is right. anti-human. It, it's it's all, total f- control. It's all to make you think you shouldn't exist. It's all communism. Yeah. It's what... I mean, Controlism. It's what Solzhenitsyn said, that it's impossible on earth and I'm paraphrasing, to exist with communism. Either communism will take over the earth and destroy everybody, or freedom people, freedom-loving people, will have to destroy communism. It's all the same. It's all this idea to take over the whole of humanity. It's the ancient, original argument. Mormons call it the war in heaven, and we don't talk about it enough, and how it's still being waged. We think it was won in heaven. Oh, God won, and a third of the people went off with Satan, suckers. <laughs> and we chose right because we're born, and right. therefore we can never change our mind and never be wrong and never fall into the guiles of, and arguments of Satan. 
because we won. We won that war. Well, it's still being waged. But when it comes to the Great Reset, it's easy to say things like sustainability and equality and, and you know, ending poverty Just or whatever. Remember, those are keywords for but total control. What they don't talk about is how. How do they plan to get rid of poverty? Okay, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty ambitious thing to do. Well, they're going to get rid of it by making more people poor. By right. making everyone poor. Right. See, they don't talk about the how. And that's what this this stupid article, they don't acknowledge that. It's not the fact that uh, it, it, the, the people who op- oppose the Great Reset aren't opposed to equality and sustainability and all these other stupid words in, in principle. It's how. It's the methodology. And if the price of freedom and liberty is inequality and unsustainability and the opposite of all of these bromides that they talk about, I will take freedom and liberty because you're not going to have a, uh, you're not going to have a, uh, controlled society and have any of those things that they want. Do you think that people in, in Soviet Russia or the Soviet union were equal no, no, of course not. There was an oligarchy that ran the show, and there were there were layers. And there's a pecking order based on who could access the bureaucracy, who mm-hmm. had right. who could bribe the right people, who could who pulled the levers. I mean, you you have that you have that demonstrated in 1984. You have the the rabble. What do they call them? The the proletariat. The proletariat. The Those are the people that get bombed. Right? They drop the bombs on them to make the war go on. Right? They're dirty. They're they're. But they're also kind of portrayed as more carefree and happy. And then you have the bureaucracy, which Winston is a part of. And the party members, the managers, always have to be most tightly controlled. If, you, if you're looking at people's rank and status in society as some sort of credibility these days, like whether they're a university professor or a quote-unquote scientist or you know, a virologist or whatever, no, 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 you got to realize we're, we're at least 50 years past sanity in the, in the educational establishment. You know, there were some good professors back in Nibley's day and, and, and right after that. There's a few, but they died out. The point is, you don't get you don't get into those positions nowadays without towing the party line. Well, they're not a free people. And there have been many who have said, I would like to speak up, but I can't. Because if I do, I will be canceled. I will lose my job. Is that freedom? Right. How cowardly is that, too? That it's they extremely cowardly. Yeah, it's cowardly. They well, our, our betters, quote, or our betters have proved to be uh, astounding cowards. Yeah, we have essentially a false aristocracy. That's what aristocracy is supposed to be, ruled by or um, influenced by the betters, by those who are the best of us. And we, we don't have that. We have rule by managers, rule by people who have demonstrated that they can regurgitate a statist ideology the best and play inside a bureaucracy the best. Well, they have no principles. Yeah. They're looking out for themselves. They figure out how to get grants, how they can, they can divert money flows, how, you know, how to please their superiors. And they believe that, that they are inherently brilliant and righteous enough that just their existence just just on merit of their ideas and their very existence that they can rule and lord over us because that's their calling in life. It is our, quote, rendezvous with destiny to be He's ruled by Spencer them. Cox. 
Well, yeah, and, and we've seen that this year. We've talked about it a lot on the podcast. If, if there was a theme for the last year and a half, it's been censorship. And it started way back early on with coronavirus. It, it didn't happen just on January 6th. But the January 6th event was just a huge excuse to censor half of America. By the way, our friend, the, um, the Buffalo Hat Man. Yeah. He's been in prison ever since then. Oh, really? And I read recently he's going to be tested for competency. Oh. Now, let's remember that he was literally escorted in to the Capitol building. There are videos of him being escorted by Capitol Police into the Capitol building. And now he's in prison. Well, that's probably why he can't go on trial as an, a competent person because he needs to be kept under wraps as an incompetent person. Well, he needs a lawyer who says, you escorted my client into the room. You gave him <laughs> and permission. Here's the video. <laughs> you gave him permission. He didn't break anything. And here's the video. He wasn't violent. He didn't break any rules. He went into this public place. Well, right, sure. But what's the penalty for trespassing in public property? A year? Well, it should never be prison. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it's a $15 ticket. Well, that's why he's in prison is because he knows too much. There's a few people from that day that, are, that have been locked away in, in prison as if, they act, as, if, as if there was an actual violent insurrection, which there wasn't. Right, and we still don't know the name of the cop that shot Ashley Babbitt, right? No. And the story that Officer Sick, Sicknick was killed by a man with a fire extinguisher, fire extinguisher still is the prevailing narrative. Well, but look, I've got some final... Okay, I'm just going to say conspiracy theory will remain a favorite. Sneer right, I was going to go there. Media elite. <laughs> yeah, it'll always be a sneer, a favorite sneer of the political media elite. However, if you have found yourself victim to dangerous conspiracy theories, the Washington Post has some advice for you. The Washington Post says, try guided imagery. Visualizing positive outcomes can help clamp down on the intense emotions that might make you more vulnerable to harmful conspiracy theories. In other words, if you're vulnerable to conspiracy theories, you are emotionally unstable. You are a mental nut job and you can need therapy. Right. And, and you the, need to visualize positive outcomes. <laughs> I'm visualizing, visualizing a positive outcome. I'm visualizing a positive outcome for the rest of my day. Good. Um, <laughs> well, the bottom line is, I think this. We've talked a lot about what makes a good society on this, on this podcast I think a hallmark and a foundation to a good society is robust debate, conversation, information, and let people figure out the truth. We are, people are smart enough to figure out the truth and it's okay to believe crazy things. It's okay. Uh, most, most people who are not LDS think that my religious beliefs are crazy. I believe that a man went into the woods and found a buried book of gold plates and he unearthed it because an angel told him where it was and he translated that into the book of mormon that's a core belief of my religion the book of mormon the book of mormon that's a core belief of my religion and most people look at that and go that's nuts that's crazy talk 
Yeah. I mean, the, speaking of the Hoffman documents, the salamander letter is supposed to be this bombshell. And I'm like, eh. eh. <laughs> Maybe it was a white salamander. Who cares? The Book what? of Mormon is still what it is. But what's in the Book of Mormon? <laughs> Truth. Yeah, but what's, what's it talking about? It talks about the Conspiracy. downfall of a society twice. The same society gets destroyed twice because of conspiracies. Because of, of secret not combinations, just, not just conspiracies like crazy Go, things like the moon ta- landing, government didn't takeovers. This it d- right. literally describes exactly what happens to us, r- what's happening to us right now. And Mormon, the compiler of the record, clearly says, "Look, we can only put in a hundredth part, right? A hundredth part of the record." And so I'm including what's going to be most relevant for you guys. Maybe, may, right? He maybe he saw us in vision. Clearly, his son did. Moroni said, "I've right. seen your day." I've right. seen your day, Mormon chapter eight, and he harangues us. He he uh, condemns us for being for loving that which will canker more than the truth, and and teaching. I have the wrong things. I have I have some different advice than the Washington Post. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna quote Mormon instead of the Washington Post. Okay, good. A, and tell you to awake to a sense of your awful situation and take, and now I'm paraphrasing. This is Moroni, by the way. Right. It's in ether it's chapter Mormon's eight. Son. And to, so awaken to the sense of your awful situation and prevent these secret combinations from getting above you. Bobby, it's too late for that. So can you revise the statement? Okay. Just if a it's too bit? late for that, then just visualize a positive outcome. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right, though. I think it is too late in, in many regards. So what do we have to do? Well, I think we still have to awake to the sense of our awful Absolutely. situation. If enough people awaken to the sense of the awful situation, then maybe we can have enough people who can reverse that awful situation or at least slow it down. At least regionally, at least in your own life, you can try to keep them from getting above you. Turn off social media. Turn off the news. And get together with people and talk with people face to face and have these to have conversations. It doesn't all have to be like this kind of stuff. It doesn't have to be politics or COVID or Spencer Cox or Joe Biden. But have a have a group of people that you can have good conversations with, good, stimulating, fun, interesting conversations with. Explore the crazy ideas. Talk explore yeah. them. Because some of these crazy ideas end up being true. A lot of them do. A lot of crazy things end up being absolutely true. And I think all of you have the ability. Well, I know all of you have the ability to discern truth from error. That's something that we're all gifted with. And whether your abilities are as good as the next guy's or not, the point is that was the reason for this life was for you to choose and for the next guy to choose and make the decisions and so our job is to ally with truth. Our job is to try to give people their choice and be as persuasive as possible. Remember, no power or influence can or ought to be maintained except by persuasion, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, love unfeigned, and by pure knowledge, which shall greatly enlarge the soul without hypocrisy and without guile. There's... There's no room for well, force here. There's no room for deception I was going to say, here. if that doesn't work, then you can shoot people. Then you can shoot people? Okay. If you're a government agent, you have to belong to the, you have to have 
claim. A license to kill. You have to have claim on the There's a movie about this. legal monopoly on truth, but no, or on violence. violence. Those words are absolutely true, though, that, that you said. And that's quoting from uh, Doctrine and Covenants, correct? Section 121. If those don't work, just try visualizing a positive, positive outcome. <laughs> that article, by the way, from the Washington Post, I remember reading that thinking, oh my goodness. It's so absurd. It's so absurd. It's called uh, Conspiracy Theories. Why Some People Are Susceptible are susceptible and how to protect yourself. And they're, they're, it's, it's, they have spent trillions, trillions of dollars let me just, since the inception of the Federal Reserve banking system to corrupt the public mind. Trillions and me, trillions of dollars. Oh, yeah, and they'll spend more. Okay. Let me read you the first paragraph of this article. Okay, okay. As the novel coronavirus began to spread, so did the idea that 5G networks were to blame or Bill Gates, or a ring of satanic pedophiles trying to divert attention from itself. Does it per- say Wuhan's, the Wuhan lab? Perhaps the <laughs> virus was created in a lab as a bioweapon, or by pharmaceutical theory. companies to boost sales of drugs and vaccines. More recently, the rumors fixated on President Trump's con- coronavirus diagnosis. Believers in QAnon, for example, tweeted that arrests of his deep state enemies were going to occur while he was in isolation. None, of course is true none of course is true well she the author of this article angela hopped can't what date was it october 19th 2020 yeah because see it wasn't okay to say it originated in a lab but she can't say definitively that any of those things are not true but she just did say it definitively she she, but she can't but it's the washington post right and she's visualizing a positive positive outcome. outcome Conspiracy theories such as these swirl around us like noxious germs, targeting (laughs) the mind instead of the body. And in the same way that our immune system can leave us more vulnerable to pathogens. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sounds like she's caught the The same way that our immune system can leave us. No, our immune system does not leave us vulnerable to pathogens. (laughs) Our immune system protects us from pathogens. Okay, uh, leave us more vulnerable pathogens. Our emotional state can make us more open to faults and potentially harmful. They always got to add that. Beliefs. People who feel scared, confused, alone, and under siege are especially at risk of coming under the sway of conspiracy theories, experts say. But there are steps we can take to protect ourselves from these dangerous ideas. It's very interesting that she admits that people who feel scared, confused, alone, and under siege are especially at risk. Well, how have people felt over the last 18 months, if not scared, alone, confused, and under siege? They've created this environment to to seed this idea that, and and, and they've helped create this environment. No, they absolutely that where people did. are go- of course people are going to latch on to things because there's there's the people are trying to make sense out of a senseless situation. It's a no-win situation. It's the great gaslighting. You you've brought it up before. We're just today's today's episode, we're just rehashing and lamenting the whole situation. You know it. But I'm going to go ahead and visualize a positive outcome. Mm-hmm. Well, we should wrap up um but it's good to be back. And again, thank you to those who filled in while I was gone. Um, we would love to have you guys back. I think I thought they were great conversations. And it's probably good to diversify a little bit from 
Well, if you want to, from us, yeah. If you want to, we could probably schedule you to come back on, on with Bobby, which would be a real treat for you guys. I know. So let let me know. Let Bobby know if you want to be on the podcast. We're willing to take interesting guests, even if you're a flat earther. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of course, of course, we'll have you on. But no anti-vaxxers. But we're we're not going to believe you. But no. <laughs> I was, no, we can we can talk about some of those things, but yeah, if you want to be on the show, uh, there there are some other folks out there that uh, might be fun to talk to as well, and uh, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks let's broad, everybody. Let's broaden our horizons here. Thanks for listening. Uh, I don't even know. I guess this is what episode twenty nine. Yeah, I think we're on twenty nine. I think we'll entitle this one "Visualizing a Positive Outcome." <laughs> <laughs> positive no one will get yeah no one's gonna get what we're talking about until they get into the to the podcast but uh yeah so anyway have a great week and and please don't fall prey to any dangerous conspiracy theories that you're hearing on the news or in the media about how all of us in the alternate media right are crazy also happy uh, independence day we still i up. think it's still legal to celebrate that here in the united states I think it's still legal to quote the Declaration of Independence, which we are celebrating on the 4th of July. But I yeah. don't know. It might, between now and then, it may become we're, we're fast, illegal. We're fast. Uh, we've quickly arrived at that point where what is legal and what is moral have diverged. And so you may find yourself in a situation where you're behaving morally, but not legally. And remember, you didn't come to this world just to get fat get old, retire with a, a stable 401k. You know, if you're, if you're here in the world right now, it's because you came for the last battle. You came for the, the fireworks at the end. So remember, you're the heroes. Well, fire, the- fireworks are illegal in most of Utah <laughs> right now. Because <laughs> we are in the worst drought in the history of ever. News bulletin. This Apparently. This will be on one of those freeway signs. There will be no last battle. We've solved all the problems. Please right. go back to your homes. Don't, yes. don't worry C.S. about Lewis it. C.S. Lewis was wrong. <laughs> but uh, yeah so anyway you didn't come for anything less than to be the hero in your own story so I hope that you'll be rational consult with the Lord God on those things don't do anything crazy but uh, meaning when all else fails visualize a positive, positive outcome, outcome. alright okay. thank you everybody have a great week <laughs>